Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Michael Andonisio, Tom Bradley, and Mark Clementi here. We're taping October 5th after a horrible weekend in Pittsburgh sports with football. Um, I, I'm still pretty speechless about the one outcome, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. But before we get to the Steelers, or the Panthers, uh, Michael and Tommy want to take a minute. They actually took a trip on Saturday before the pick game up to Akron uh, to watch our buddy Joe Moorhead, who's the head coach at the University of Akron, hit their MAC kickoff game uh, against Bowling Green. Uh, so, guys, fill us in. How was the trip? How's Joe doing? What's going on? Yeah, we uh, we went up Saturday afternoon and went to Joe's house and you know hung out with the family a little bit. Did a little tailgating. Uh, Tommy and Austin and I mm-hmm. went over to the uh, shop and got some Akron gear mm-hmm. um, because it's not readily available in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to find Akron zips. Uh, made Joe's, merchandise. Made uh, Joe's dad get a new hat. Because it had sweat stains on it, and he couldn't go into a game with sweat stains on his. He hat. had a sweat stained Akron hat. He did, and uh, he did, impre- he is that from the last time Joe was there? Uh, Joe co- was coached there in two thousand five. Yes, I, I think it, it actually was a hat when Joe was the offensive coordinator at Akron. <laughs> uh, so Joe's sister Tina went over and uh, got him a new hat. Uh, nice. <laughs> I got to tell you, and I, Tommy will say the same thing. Uh, Akron has beautiful facilities. Uh, their stadium's gorgeous. It seats what thirty thousand, Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, their Practice. Heather Like, are you listening? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, their practice facility, state of the art. And not only that, but it, Joe took over a program that was 3-37 and 37 in their last three years. I mean, let, let's not confuse this right. with taking over a team that, you know, you can just roll over. The, he, he has to start from ground zero. And we've seen the foundation that he's starting to lay there. I mean, they lost the game. It was a close game. Uh, there were a couple of mistakes, but it, you know you could see the culture changing, and Joe's going to turn that team into a a place that players in the MAC want to go to. Tommy, what did you think of the visit? I thought it was great. I mean, the first thing that struck me was you know when we first got there, we were walking through the parking lot, and uh, it was homecoming week, so there's mm-hmm. people back, but there was a there was an excitement that you wouldn't expect. From a crowd of, you know, again, they were three and thirty-seven in the last three, you know, three years or whatever. So, you know, I, I think people understand that uh, that Joe's gonna, you know, uh, bring them something and, and start working on turning that program around. And like Michael said, the facilities are great. The people at the facility, you know, everybody that we ran into that was associated with either working there or at the program in the in the uh, college store, everybody was great. It was great atmosphere and stuff. Uh, thank you to Joe and Akron and his family for all the. The hospitality that they provided for us and stuff but my favorite part of it was um at the end i mean you know joe your relationship with joe has has been more frequent than, than mine over these last few years but you know when we were playing as kids and, and joe was always the quarterback and drawing up all these crazy plays <laughs> and stuff in our in our in our in our in his hand and all the stuff dirt. We, yeah, yeah all yeah. the stuff that we would run around and, and play in all these in all these uh backyard games that we played it was fun at the end of the night when we got a chance to go back to his house and just sit and watch to watch college football yeah. with by far for me the smartest person I know when it comes to football in general mm-hmm. and just listening to him pick apart what he was seeing on TV from the various games and stuff like that. It was really cool to just be able to sort of peek behind the curtains as to what a mind like that mm-hmm. sees that you know me is just the average some, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some schlum watching the game and thinking. I mean, that, you know, some football, they, yeah, not, not, like not, not like him, not like him. No, I mean, he's. He's an offensive guru. I yeah, mean, some of the stuff he was, you know, yeah. just predicting and picking out and stuff is is was amazing. So it was, 
it was great to catch up with him, and I wish him and nothing but the success at Akron. And I, I don't, they don't need my luck. Or they don't need my uh, my hope because they're he's going to do really well. That yeah. program is going to be a uh, and it's nice. It's only two hours away. It's a beautiful program. It's a beautiful building. Beautiful facilities on campus. Um, like you said, on, just, yeah, wouldn't Heather, it be, wouldn't it be nice no, to have yeah. something like that here? But uh, um, but yeah, it was great. So uh, kudos to them. Kudos to everybody there and Joe and uh, Jen for it. yeah Jen. having us. Yeah, they yeah. really they really did a great job of uh, hosting us, and it, it, we really appreciate it. And I can't wait to go back. Yeah, no, we'll definitely have to make a point of it to go back. I couldn't make the trip, unfortunately. I started a new job Monday, so I was doing some prep work for that. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to make a return trip to to Akron. Like it's two hours away. Yeah. So anybody listening, you know, if you want to go support, you know, a local guy, Penn Hills kid, who's really trying to do something and turn around a program, make the drive, support the program. Uh, it's a great weekend. Go up to Akron, watch a game, stay overnight. Um, and Akron, you might be surprised. The city is not, you know, it's a nice city. There's a lot going on there, and uh, they have some big money because of the companies that are headquartered in Akron, and we know who they are. But, um, it, you know, you have, you have a free weekend, make the trip. And before we close out that topic, I don't know. I mean, I think all three of us seen the article Craig Meyer wrote mm. in the great article. Craig, shout yeah, out Craig yeah. Meyer. Craig Meyer wrote a great article on Joe the other day. If you haven't had a chance to look at it, uh, go on the Post Gazette website and check it out. It really uh, gives you some background on Joe. If you're not familiar with his background, it gives you a lot of his background and where he came from, from a kid all the way up through the coaching ranks. So it's a great article if you get a chance to read it. Yeah, and also I tagged it onto our Twitter page. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you follow us on Twitter, there should be a link on there. You, yep. On our page, you can just uh, follow right along on there. Yeah, good luck to Joe, and hopefully we'll see you soon, bud. Uh, moving on. We'll start with the Steelers. So Steelers lose the game uh, against the Jets. That's still hard to say. I can't believe it. I think that's all I did all weekend was to shake my head between Pitt and the Steelers. But I think the excitement coming out of that game is Kenny Pickett, obviously. And that's what everybody's talking about. Uh, the Kenny Pickett era is underway here in Pittsburgh. For a lot, of, We've been talking about this on the podcast. I didn't think it would come this quickly, especially after Tomlin's comments last week with the Steely Resolve. And we're going to continue to do what we're doing. And we're going to block out the noise and all that other stuff. Um, that being said, I think it was the right move. Uh, once again, the offense wasn't moving the ball. They were stagnant. I think that was the perfect word for for that offense, to stagnant and stale. Um, you know, the one criticism of Mitch coming in, he had all the physical tools, but he didn't have it. And the three of us have talked about a lot about when you're a quarterback, you have to have that swagger and that it. Speaking of Joe, Joe had it, right? I mean, obviously set all the records at Fordham. Um, he was shafted at, at our own moderate central, but that's a whole, a whole other story for another day. But these guys are just born leaders, and they have it, and they have the swag. Deontay Johnson said after the game, Kenny brought the swag. And everybody feeds off of that. And you could see the offense did. Did he make some mistakes? Absolutely. I mean, he's a gunslinger, and he's going to throw the ball, and he's not going to be afraid. And he's not afraid to make mistakes. And I think that's going to be to his benefit as we move along here, for sure. Um, this is not a guy, and Tomlin has said this, that when he walks into the stadium, he's overwhelmed. Um, he the, the poise, the comfortability in the pocket – um, you know, this is who Kenny Pickett is. We've been seeing it. We saw it last year all season at Pitt. And, it was, you know, this is not too big for him, I don't think, by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, you know, we've been – since we started doing this podcast, it feels like we've been talking about, yeah. you know, we didn't know it was going to be Kenny when we started this. But, you know, it feels like we've been building to this, you know, since we did this, mm-hmm. since we started this. Who was going to take over for Ben? Who yeah. was going to be, you know, yeah. who was going to be the guy? And, 
you know, if you look back over the timeline, I've heard, you know, the this Tomlin and the Steelers take some criticism. They, you know, they should have just done it with Kenny to begin with and stuff. And, you know, you look back at things and you can see what Tomlin was trying to do in that they signed Trubisky before they knew they were going to get mm-hmm. Kenny. And then once they got Kenny, you know, they had Mitch and they thought, okay, you know, let's let Kenny sit. Learn. You yeah. know, you yeah. could see the blueprint in game one with the defense playing out of its mind, the offense not making that mistake, which unfortunately mm-hmm. we saw that right. on the other side of it in the Jets game. You could see the blueprint. But once T.J. Watt was hurt and and this team just fluttering along, mm-hmm. I mean, the first half of that game last week, for me, <laughs> was the most uncomfortable I've ever been watching the <laughs> Steelers game because they, it was like the Steelers were playing in the Coliseum in the Gladiator days, mm-hmm. and the, the crowd had just turned on them. Mm-hmm. And and no matter what Tomlin says about you know all all the all blocking the, out the yeah, noise, all the yeah, Tomlin, yeah, there was no way you could hear it, you could feel mm-hmm. it, you could see it with mm-hmm. your own eyes. You know, no, I don't think the fans have a big play in what happens in professional sports, but one hundred and thousand percent they affected that decision yep, yep. on Sunday. And um, you know, it's crazy to think about if Deontay Johnson's a half step in mm-hmm. instead of a half step out, do they make the change? And all the little things that happen, but here we are. Uh, I think what you saw in the second half with Kenny getting hit in the mouth and coming up and talking, you know, <laughs> talking smack and smiling and stuff like that. That stuff will play for a while if he keeps yep. throwing interceptions. That will become annoying, not cute. Right. But the bottom line is, is that we talked about. None of us knew what Kenny would do, but we all agreed in previous cut and podcast that Kenny has it. Mm-hmm. He just has. As a quarterback, you have to command the huddle, and guys around you have to believe that, yeah, this guy's going to get it done. Ben was 100 years old last year. He looked like it, but the guys in the, in the huddle figured that this they still had that. Mm-hmm. They knew it was still Ben. They knew there was something there, and you just didn't get that with Trubisky. He always looked scared, mm-hmm. unsure of himself. He didn't project as a leader. And Kenny, no matter what you can say about what happened Sunday, you can just feel you stood up a little. Every you mm-hmm. could just see guys mm-hmm. standing a little taller, running a little faster. There was an energy both sides of the ball that you just didn't get before. And I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over these next few weeks. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but uh, you know, I don't think they had any choice. No, I, I, you know, Kenny coming into the game obviously brought life to the offense. Yeah. I mean, the offense to the was, entire team. Well, I, really, I, I, I mean, and they and needed they've that. Been lifeless and yeah. You know, you can talk about the crowd, and yeah, and Steeler fans have, you know, if you forget the 80s, the 80s were pretty bad. I mean, Brister took a beating <laughs> from the fans. Cordell. But, but there was nobody behind those guys. Mm-hmm. And they brought Trubisky in, and Tommy's right. The blueprint was to let Kenny learn. Well, you're not learning Yeah, anything. Trubisky was the bridge from Ben to Kenny. Well, there's, there's no, no doubt. There's no that question was, he yeah. was a bridge, but they thought the bridge was going to be a little bit longer Long, than right, this. Yeah. And the bridge was really short. I, he just didn't produce. I mean, it's just a lack of production yeah. on his end. And you couldn't just keep doing that to the team. Now, Kenny comes in, and listen, everybody's favorite player on, on a football team is the backup quarterback until he gets in there. Now, this is a little different, right? Yeah. But – you got guys like Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. who threw 28 interceptions his, his rookie year. You know, we talked about Troy Aikman on mm-hmm. previous podcasts. He won zero games and lost all 15 that he started. Uh, Josh Allen completed mm-hmm. 53% of his passes his rookie year. He was terrible. 
Kenny's going to make some plays that you're going to make you stand up, and he's going to make some plays that make you want to go to Tommy's Beer Distributor and buy a case of beer and <laughs> chug it all at once. It's just the reality of rookie quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Typically, they're going to make a ton of mistakes, and they are going to make those splash plays that make you say, ah, this is why we drafted them. You just got to be patient. This year is probably not the year, but it's it, the only way to learn is to be yeah. thrown into the fire. Right. Yeah, and I think if you give Kenny the week of preparation with the ones – that additional time with offensive coordinator Matt Canada, and I know people are rolling their eyes when I mention his name, but to sit in the film room and break down film, and only the starter gets that, right? They're all in the quarterback room and they see certain things, but then the starter has that additional time with the coordinator to take even a deeper dive. And Kenny's going to have that opportunity now. And I think no one's going to prepare harder, harder. No one's going to prepare longer than this kid. That's always been his, you know, his reputation is no one's going to be more prepared than he is. Um, and he's older. We've mentioned that. He's 24. He's not a 21-year-old kid like Josh Allen when he when he came into the league. So I don't necessarily think we're going to see that level of mistakes. Kenny learns quickly. He's not going to make the same mistakes twice, I guarantee you. Um, we'll still see some, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. You know, he threw three interceptions. Throw away the Hail Mary at the end of the game. The Chase Claypool play, that was an underthrown ball. There's no no doubt about it. But that was zero effort on Claypool's part. That was awful. I think he deserves 60% of the blame. Kenny deserves 40 on that play. And the ill-advised pass is definitely ill-advised. Um, but that went through Firemoose's hands. Look at the replay. That went right through his hands. Um, so, you know, Friermuth, who's been, listen, a great player. He's, he's done it. But if he comes down with that pass, everyone's raving about, there's Kenny, you know, like Ben. He's making plays, he's, he's making stuff happen. He's making stuff happen on the move, and he's doing what he needs to do. So I don't think, bottom line, we're going to see 28 interceptions. We're going to see 53% completion uh, percent. I don't think we're going to see any of that stuff. I think we're going to see a halfway decent quarterback, and we have a couple factor fiction questions later about Kenny. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to make as many mistakes as I've been hearing all week on the radio. Well, what I think we're going to see now, finally, is either the the final nail in the coffin or we can shut up about Matt Canada. I love it. Good point. Because yep. all the BS I've been hearing since we hired him was Ben was too old. Ben had no mobility. He didn't want to run his offense. Okay. So that's gone. So then Mitch is a veteran and knows how to – he's going to be able to do this. He's got mobility. All right. Well, Mitch doesn't want to pull the trigger. So that – didn't, that was another excuse for Canada. Well, okay, now here we are. Now you have a young, mobile quarterback that can run this offense, that can roll out and make plays, that can scramble and run for the first down like we saw on Saturday on Sunday. But what I also saw on Sunday, which nobody seems to be talking about, which is, which is what I have the biggest problem is, is that with four minutes to go in the game, you're up 10, Kenny Pickett shouldn't be throwing the football. This they were running the ball. They ran the ball well in the first in the first half, and in the, and I think in the second half, I think I saw Najee had two touch, two carries in the second half. Well, they were behind, and, so that and, yeah, and that Jalen took away Ward the running had game. one, but they were up ten. And, and, right. And, and well, that, that's what I agree with you. Hold so, on, I'm just saying. Why are we letting right. the rookie quarterback throw the ball over the field? He we should have been running. The, the goal was to run out the clock there. Right. So this is going to be the chance to see. Okay. Let's see how smart or, or or not we are with Matt Canada. So that's one of the things, too, that I'm interested to see here going forward. Because it's nice that Kenny's in there now yeah. and he brings a spark. 
but that doesn't mean we're going to throw the ball 60 times a game. You still have to run a smart offense, and that's where we're going to see what we have with Canada. Well, to that point, my counter to that, who knows? I mean, we're not on the south side in the practice facility, but the steel running the ball better than last year, no question, but Najee's still only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. That's pathetic. And so I get it. In some regards, maybe Canada's up there. He's feeling it. They're moving the ball with Kenny throwing it. Najee's not really getting his footing. I mean, it's, what, 70 yards on 16 carries, I think, he finished with Sunday. That's not bad. It's okay. But if you, um, but but if you watch the game, they were the ball was – they were you – With Jalen Warren. You, can see, was, you, you could see it with Najee, too. You yeah, could, one good run over as, 10 yards. As the, as the weeks are going along, we talked about this before we went on air – Offensive line is to me is not is is a minor problem at this point. I think the offensive line has gotten better, and I thought they this was by far the week that they ran the ball best. I, I mean, they both running backs I thought got holes, got first downs. I will. And t- I didn't think there was any. Reason I think Jalen sparked the running game. People are gonna think I'm nuts, but prior to Jalen entering the game, it was more of the same from Najee. It was three yards. It was two yards hitting the back of his offensive lineman. Jalen comes in, hits that six yarder, and all of a sudden things start to happen. I'm not saying Jalen Warren is better than Najee. That's not, don't hear me wrong. I'm just saying right now, for whatever reason, and before we went on air, Tommy, you mentioned the injury. Listen, if you're playing, I don't care. We're going to critique your ass. And right now, and now Najee had one run more than 10 yards. That's not getting it done. Jalen had one too. I mean, when your undrafted free agent is doing just as well, if not better in some cases, than your first round running back, that's an issue to me. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about that right now. I think it accentuates the fact that's why you don't take a running back in the first round. That's why it doesn't happen anymore. Unless they're absolutely it's totally special and you know this guy. Najee's not that, and we're seeing that. No, I, I think what you're going to see moving forward with the Steelers' offense, I don't think you're going to see any difference in the play calling. I think you're going to see a difference in the finished product of that play is being called. I think you're going to see Kenny going downfield a little bit more. Right. Kenny's more comfortable because, as I understand it, Canada presents the quarterbacks with his plays that he wants to run. The quarterbacks can select which plays they want to run. Kenny's going to be a hell of a lot more comfortable throwing the ball down the field than Mitch was. Yeah, I I think that's going to be the difference. Now, the difference with that now, we're really going to see how good this offensive line is in the next four games because these teams are playing remarkably better defensively than the teams they've played so far. Mm-hmm. I I think we're going to see if this offensive line can hold up protecting a quarterback that holds the ball for four seconds, four and a half seconds, trying to get the mm-hmm. ball down the field. With Mitch, he still got sacked. A lot of them mm-hmm. were on him. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really see if the offensive line could pass protect because as soon as he took the snap, first read, boom. first read, the yep. ball was out of his hands. And so I think that's going to be the evolution of this offense. You're going to start to see them moving the ball or pushing it downfield a little bit more. Can the offensive line hold up against better defensive right. lines? All right, with all that being said, what do we think about Sunday? Going to Buffalo, no one gives them a chance. But it's the largest spread in Steeler history as far as people remember. Were they a 12-and-a-half, 13-and-a-half point 14. dog? 14-point dog. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, let that sink in for a minute. Yeah, I think Buffalo covers the fourteen. I mean, okay. I, I, I think this is, this could be ugly. That 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 place is hard to win in. Mm-hmm. That's your first start on the road against Buffalo. They got a good pass rush. You got Vaughn Miller. You got uh, 
uh, Gregory uh, Russo, Russo, who the Steelers should have taken last year in the first they round. They could have taken. Uh, they I have my text to prove it. They got it. And Michael was here. I yeah, said you, it to you. You yeah, were. Yeah. yeah, that was that was that was I my guy. You were mad about that pick. I, I I didn't understand it either. But that pass rush for Buffalo is going to get on top of them, and then you got the 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 dual threat of Allen. Allen's not your typical Lamar right. Jackson runner. Um, he will run you over, stiff arm you. Um, he runs a what a four four nine forty at a, almost two hundred and fifty mm-hmm. pounds. He's a freak of nature. He can throw a ball through a brick wall. Um, they are a little dinged up, but they're just way more talented than the Steelers. I, I think this. I think the Buffalo Bills win this game easily. I mean, it's as simple. Apparently, it's as simple as is T.J. Watt dressing or not. He's not dressing, so they're going to lose. I mean, that's. <laughs> Crazy that's what we've to, seen. It's yeah. crazy to think that that's what, what are they? Oh, and seven now? Oh, and eight without uh, TJ? Oh, eight and one now yeah. without him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. And I also saw an interesting stat, too. You know, if you take TJ Watt's salary off of that, that they dropped the 12th overall in defense money? Wow. That's how much of a difference he is. Because mm-hmm. you always hear, well, they're the right. number they're one spending yeah. defense. Well, they are. It's apparently because of TJ Watt. Yeah. And, um, and he but, deserves it. I mean, it's the bottom line. Um, but I, I think both – it's a shame that this game's being played like it is. I think both teams are a mess health-wise. Um, Buffalo's lost basically their whole receiver crew and their whole defensive back crew. The Steelers, I don't know – I don't know how they're going to dress 11 for the defense. I mean, uh, sweet Jesus, the, the injury report for them today is, you know, anybody who's – if anybody who's made semi-contribution to the defense this year is out or hurt. Um you know, I suggested earlier before before we were on air about I think the Steelers should almost take us as a buy, sit the defensive players that are banged up, play whatever else because Buffalo's going to score forty five on whoever you put out there. Um, your only hope is that you minimize how many possessions they get. If they only have the ball six times or seven times, it's a they can only mm-hmm. score six or seven touchdowns. <laughs> um, but I, I think that I, I honestly I don't think Buffalo's defense is playing great right now. Um, I think their defensive backs are hurt and banged up a little bit. I think that's a point where uh, potentially Kenny and the wide receivers could do some damage. Um, I think Buffalo's going to win. I don't think there's anything that the Steelers can do to win this game, mm-hmm. saying that Josh Allen what gets lost coming to the uh, coming <laughs> to the say. field or, or something. Uh, or Miles Garrett drives mm-hmm. him to the field, so maybe he doesn't make it. Um, but, oh, shit. Uh, I mean, other than that, I, I don't know what could happen oh. for them to win this game. <laughs> But I do think they're going to cover. I, I think I think they'll cover. I, I, the Steelers don't get blown out usually. Um, they usually seem to be in these games, and I think there's enough damage on the Buffalo side that I think that. Uh, but I think it's going to be like a, you know, 40, 42, maybe thirty-one, some kind of weird backdoor cover for the Steelers at the end. But uh, I think the Steelers are going to score some points this week. All right, let me ask you both. What? You hear it all the time in sports. Who's the most dangerous team in, in, in any sport, any sport, anytime? A team that's counted out, not expected to win, zero expectations. Oh, don't tell me. I'm you're not. Gonna predict no, I'm not. Win. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> what are you saying? No, yeah, where are we going? With I'm going to say definitely they cover, uh, and I think this is going to be a closer game, Tommy. Do you? I agree with you. 100%. I think it's going to be closer. I don't think it's going to be on the back end. I think this is going to be a tough game. Um, you know, anytime the Steelers have been counted out, they find a way to at least keep it close. They, they, this is a team that doesn't typically get blown out. I know that TJ's not playing, and without him, they, they just suck on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know who it's going to be. But someone's going to step up. Maybe it's a Minka pick six of uh, Josh Allen. You can't keep relying on him to have a pick six every game. But um, – 
maybe Devin Bush finally does something. Um, I just think something's going to happen in this game. And the momentum is going to go back and forth, and it's going to be closer. I think Steelers cover. And I think Kenny has a great first game. I think people are going to be surprised. Once again, there's no expectations on him at all. Zero. No, people are I mean, expecting him to go up there and lay an egg. The expectation is that he's going to they're going to he's going to lose his first four starts and right. they're going to be one and seven. So right. I mean, you there, hell, there is as far as as far as it goes, there couldn't be any less pressure. There's on no him pressure. Zero. To be able to do anything, and and I mean, so maybe you know, Tomlin's a genius. How many stupid times have we seen this? I mean, Indianapolis beat Kansas City last right. week, and then yeah. Kansas City puts on that show against the best defense in football. Yeah. Last week, I mean. The NFL, yeah, like, if anything, is completely unpredictable, as proven by I, I'm in a survivor pool with 120 people. I think there's three left. It's yeah, 25. Right. I, mean, I mean, it's it's insane. <laughs> That's the NFL. That's why we love it. I'm, like I said, I'm not saying they're going to win. But a team that has no expectations, which means zero pressure, they're dangerous. But I will say this, from, so, and not just because I'm trying to sell beer to anybody that might be out there listening. <laughs> I think the fact that Kenny is playing um, – at least gives you there's you're starting to see it now you're starting yeah. to get okay there's a reason to watch mm-hmm. you know when i was talking about with trubisky last week you know i hate to say this because you know probably mark you're the only person listening that understands wrestling but in wrestling there's it's called heat heel. the bad yeah, guy the, gets yeah. heat right the rick heel. flair yeah rick flair Woo! rick flair yeah. right? we're comparing mitch trubisky to just rick listen flair. to what i'm saying all right go ahead rick i think flair. he's got a good point he's if, gonna make. if rick flair was an ex was good at being the bad guy. He wanted the crowd to boo him. So that's called heat. There's also something called go away heat. When you're out <laughs> there and you're trying to get the crowd to interact with you and the crowd doesn't want anything to do with you. There's nothing right. you can do that's gonna make you like or hate you, which is what they're trying to do. They just want you to leave. They just yeah. don't want that's anything. The worst to do possible with you. Scenario. That's the worst yep. thing you can get as a as a wrestler. Yep. And that's what Trubisky got yeah. last yes. week. That, was, that wasn't yeah. you suck. Very true. That wasn't, you know, we you know, we it was right. just we don't want, want you. you. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> I mean that that's what you got last week. And now that we're on the other side of that, I think it can finally and I, I guess, you know, and that's going to probably be my rant when we talk about later is about Trubisky. I kind of feel bad for him. I think he got the shaft of this. Um, I don't feel bad for him. I, 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 he didn't perform. $4 million. He's Tim, so yeah, exactly. I I, yeah, I, but, um, he but, created this by doing absolutely <laughs> nothing for four His and a half games. His killed him. But the point is, is that after three and a half games, after that first week, or after that after that first half last week, I mean, that was just. He had no choice. Yeah, no choice. No yeah. choice. And maybe, you know what, listen, I've been hard on Tomlin. I own that. But maybe there's some genius to it. Like, there's no pressure now. Everyone expects this team to be 1-7. and seven. Everybody does. I really, and so, I, I really hey. truly think if T.J. Watt was healthy, that they'd be no worse than 2-2. Two and two. And I really think that Tomlin's plan was to try to get through this death yeah. stretch of, you know, Buffalo, Tampa, at Philly, at uh, My, Miami. Miami, yep. I really think he was trying to get Trubisky through there, be 500 or so, you know, had T.J. Watt played, be 500 or so or at the bye and then make the change. Because the second half to me, you know, I don't think there's a game in the second half of the schedule that they, right. that they don't have a legitimate chance in. They have no chance this weekend, in my no, opinion. Yeah, Baltimore, I'm uh, a little... At Baltimore, yeah, but, they, yeah. but they, uh, Charlie Batch won there. One-legged Ben Roethlisberger won there. I mean, you know, Baltimore, yeah. you know, that, that, those games are always... You don't know no, which they're way funny. they're going. Yeah, it's a divisional rival. Yeah. All right. So with that being said, before we get to our other picks, 
And by the way, good week for all of us last week. But um, well, if I'm 500, it's a good week. Yeah, I mean, but, I started the year. Okay. I yeah, think well, I had yeah, one right. Tommy and I were three and one. But before we get to our picks, we got to do two up and two down. Which Michael never taught. It's really hard to find two up for this game, but two up and two down. Well, Michael, you yeah, I, I, no, I, I'll, I'll start it. I yeah. mean, you you seen when they put Kenny in? Yeah, uh, Pickens. Right. Started to play the way they he, thought he as was going to Number play. one wide receiver. He's a down-the-field yep. kind of wide receiver. And when you got Trubisky in there playing, and he's dinking and dunking all over the field, and if he's not doing that, he's getting sacked, <laughs> you have no chance of completing the pass. So, yeah, Pickens is one of my ups. And i got to okay. say, Kenny coming into that game, scoring yep. the two touchdowns, he's my other up. I mean, aside from the three interceptions, right. I, you know, like I said, the, listen, he completed all of his passes. That's hard to right. do. Yep. I mean, he was really 13 for 13, 13 three right. of them to the other team. But still, um, he gave them that juice. And hopefully mm-hmm. moving forward, I, I think he was an up because, you, like you guys said, yep. the energy in the stadium, mm-hmm. the energy on the defense, the energy on the offense. For a little bit, I, and then yeah, the defense bit, fell yeah, asleep. They, well, they, they've done that the last They hit their high, they and then they came off They just finish games defensively. But, yeah, those are my two ups for this week. Uh, my two dons, again, I, and I'm not going to single anybody out. The defense Def- is not getting it done. You need the ball back. You can't get the ball back. You let Zach Wilson go down the field. He boom, boom, boom down the field, and they scored. They scored a go-ahead touchdown. You can't have that. And and offensively, I have to go with Chase Claypool. I mean, it, it, he's been a non-factor for every game so far this year. This is a guy yeah. that wants to get paid at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, it's not here. Yep. Uh, yeah. he, he's just been a non-factor, so he, he's my other down. That's good. Yeah. Uh, my one up is going to be Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth. Um, he's taken some heat as far as um, the draft pick. Should they have taken him? Should they have taken Creed Humphrey from Kansas City? Um, it ain't his fault. No. And and, right. I, and I they had a they had a quarterback last year that I I, uh, I didn't think utilized him enough, and then the beginning of this year was was spotty for him. But you're starting to see what a talent he is. Yeah, I agree. What he can bring to the table, mm-hmm. um, he can be a real weapon. I mean, six foot five, six foot six, whatever it is, going over the middle, making plays. I mean, we've seen that against the Steelers mm-hmm. for how many goddamn years? Um, so it's nice to have somebody on that side. And also, I'll say Minka. Um, last week, I, I knocked him and Cam uh, because they were no shows in that game. You know, all you can do as a center fielder that Minka is is make the splash plays and. He got the tip interception. There was literally four or five more times where he was about a half step from making another one. Um, he was dinged up. He was coming off concussion protocol. He had a bum knee. You could tell he wasn't right, but he gutted it out. I know the defense didn't get the job done, but as far as Minka goes, that's mm-hmm. what I expect to see and you have to see from him. Um, as far as the two downs, I'll give you three, and that's Mike Tomlin, uh, that's right. Terrell Austin, and, and Brian, Brian Flores. Boom. All I freaking hear is about what geniuses they have in that defensive room. And, yeah, it sucks that T.J. Watt's gone. but Makes everybody smarter, doesn't he? Yeah, T.J. Mm-hmm. Watt can make – you know, I could coach a defense apparently right. with T.J. Watt. But these guys are supposed to be geniuses. This is all that Tomlin knows. Flores was is supposed to be this, you know, Yoda figure that comes in and can, you know, figure all this crap out. You know, I wrote off the defense a couple times because I didn't think the offense was helping them. Well, last week, there is absolutely no goddamn excuse to let Zach frickin' Wilson walk down the field mm-hmm. and score twice. The only time he should be scoring twice is at an over-50s convention with his mom's friends. <laughs> it's the only time that should happen. I mean, that is absolutely disgusting that, that, that they walked down the field and did that. And on top of that, 
you know, everybody gets everybody's been knocking Kenny for the for the second pick. But all he did was turn the ball over at the 35. Right. They still let the Jets go 65 yards. And on top of that, I think if I recall correctly, there were four penalties on the Jets. Mm-hmm. They kept coming back. Yep. They kept getting fourth and seven. They fourth and seven. Long third downs. And they kept getting them and converting. That's on the if it's not on the players at some point, it's gotta be on the goddamn coaches. This is three times now that they had games that they could have won that this defense let them down on. And to me, it looks like the same defense is getting beat the same way over and over. And if the three geniuses can't figure out what's going on, then maybe they need to fire. We all talk about Canada. Maybe we really need to look at this defensive side of the ball because this shit's been going on for too long. And maybe it's time to just wipe that board clean and start over too. I love it. The only thing I'm going to add, you guys have covered off on who I was going to say. You got to start going first. Um, you take over. Yeah, you guys take over. But I'm going to add. I'm going to add. A, I'm going to add a, a, a major down to Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan because the construction of this defense and how they thought and what, how one guy can make this kind of difference with the defense is inexcusable. You're overestimating the talent that you have. And I'm going to say their whole scouting staff. You have to look objectively at what you have. And you have to know where these players are. And if TJ goes out and you're 0-8-1 as a result, that reflects poorly, very poorly, upon your roster construction and who you have out there. And if you're relying on this one guy to make everyone lift everybody, shame on you. And, okay, so without TJ, they'd be the 11th highest paid defense that is the worst spent money I've ever seen in my life. And how these guys escape blame is beyond me. Colbert skated. He's a Pittsburgh guy. Everybody loved him. By all accounts, great dude. But what had what did he do? What did Tomlin do? Don't even get me started on Art Rooney. You guys both know how I feel about him. Ever since Dan left this organization, they have been rudderless. He kept everybody in check. He's the one that deserves all the credit for all six Super Bowls for his oversight of the roster. These dudes are clueless. Clueless. That's my – I just could have saved that for my rant. But Well, that's a down. That's a big down. So, Tommy, you got me fired up because I was going to go with those three. So, you took that one. So, I was I took my rant. Move up the chain. And I just put my rant up yeah. with my for my major two down. Omar Khan, Kevin Colbert. Shame on both of you. All right, picks. Here we go. Uh, the big one, especially as far as the Steelers are concerned, big uh, AFC North matchup, Cincy and Baltimore at Baltimore Sunday night. What do we think? I got uh, I got Baltimore winning this game. I mean, you know, Tom Tom uses if a lot. Baltimore, their whole season's been an if. They've blown, what, two leads of over 17 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they correct that this week. I mean, Harbaugh had the excuse last week going forward on fourth time. I didn't have a problem with him going for it on fourth time. The problem I had was throwing the interception because that that puts the ball out at the 20 instead of on the two-yard line. So I I think Baltimore wins this game. I think they're going to get after Burrow. Tommy mentioned it last week. Cincinnati played a a pretty clean Mm -hmm. game against the Jets, Mm -hmm. but, again, it's the Jets. I think you go to Baltimore Sunday night, I think Lamar Jackson's going to do some serious damage on Cincinnati's defense. I think they're going to get J.K. Dobbins is back healthy. He scored two touchdowns last week. Uh, their wide receiving core is a little dinged up, but, again, uh, Jackson couldn't hit the blind side of the right. barn if he wanted to. It doesn't so matter. It doesn't really matter. I think Baltimore wins this game. I'm going to go Cincinnati. Um, I think Baltimore's a mess right now. Um, 
you know, uh, for the first time, at least maybe I'm sure it's happened before, but I mean, it seems like there's a lot of heat on Harbaugh down there, which is not something that's crazy. Yeah. Been, um, he seems to have just fallen in love with the analytic charts and making all those decisions based on this. And he cost himself two wins last season by going forward on fourth down and, and, and going for it for going for two, um, against the Steelers, right? Mm-hmm. Then they, yeah. Um, you know, last week, you know, you're playing Josh Allen. I get going for the touchdown there and making them have to score a touchdown, but boy, um, it just it just hasn't worked. They've lost five straight home games, which is crazy. Um, I can see Harbaugh doing some kind of crazy overcorrection this week and just settling for field goals. And field goals aren't going to beat Cincinnati, um, so I think Cincinnati win. I don't even do you know. Is there do we know the line on that? I don't. I believe Baltimore's, Baltimore's favorite. Baltimore's favorite, two and a half. Yeah, it's, half, a, it's, right? ba- yeah, it's basically a pick I'd take Cincinnati in the points. Yeah. I'm with you. I like Cincinnati in this one. I think Cincinnati's slowly finding their groove. I still think they're the class of the AFC North. I think, you know, when we get to the end of the season, Cincinnati's going to be on top, and I think you'll, they're going to start exerting themselves on Sunday against Baltimore. I like Cincy. The other game, there are not many, really many good no. games this weekend. Um, so we're going to go with the Cowboys and the Rams. Uh, I'll start us off with this one. Um, Rams coming off a tough loss to the 49ers. I think they rebound uh, in a big way and they destroy the Cowboys. I mean, listen, Parsons for the Cowboys, he's yeah. next. That dude's next. Um, when TJ's not playing, he's the be- best defensive player in football. Um, with all due respect to AD. With all due respect to AD. Uh, Parsons, that dude, he's he's a freak, and that he's a Penn Stater, so you know that it's hard for me to say that. Um, but he, that dude, and he's going to wreak some havoc on Sunday. But I like the Rams. Yeah, you know the Rams. Wow, they got they they just got destroyed the other night. I, I think Stafford was sacked yeah. seven times, eight times. It was some ridiculous number. Um, I think Dallas will be able to get a little heat on them, but I, I, I mean. Can Cooper Rush? Cooper Cup. Cooper Rush. Oh, Cooper Rush. There's two Coopers in this game. There are. Um, Imagine Cooper, that. Cooper Rush is the starting quarterback two for Coopers. the Cowboys. And, Isn't there a Cooper man? man yeah, I'll right. Say, maybe he'll yeah, be the other right. brother. Well, that was the brother who couldn't play because of the injury. You're but right. I, I think the Rams win this game. I, I can't yeah. see Cooper Rush going 4-0 right. as the starting quarterback of the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys eventually will become the Cowboys again, right? Right. I mean, they always stumble somewhere. Yeah. I think this is the start of it, and you know I know they got Michael Gallup back, and they you know they're they're getting a running game kind of situated with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, I think the Rams though are going to be in a really bad, bad mood. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think they're going to handle the Cowboys. Well, as crazy as this is, if Dak Prescott was starting this game, if you love yeah. the word if, I would take, uh, I would take the Rams because this is the kind of game that, that to me mm-hmm. Dak Prescott loses. But since it's Cooper, my man Cooper's playing, <laughs> Cooper's a winner, and God, I just hope. I hope to God he keeps winning because that's yeah, just going to make Jerry Jones' life miserable when they put Dak back in and they start losing mm-hmm. again. And I hate Jerry Jones. Uh, so I'm going to go with my man Cooper. It's going to be, right. you know, there's – I think that holds oh, – what, what's that hold, like 70,000? Mm-hmm. There's going to be 65,000 Cowboy fans at that game. <laughs> L.A. doesn't. Uh, no. no. I don't think L.A. even knows there's a team there. Uh, by the way, that line in that Baltimore game was three. Three. Yeah, okay. I said two and a half or three. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think uh, L.A. just got – woo, did they get beat yeah. up. 
Monday. Uh, was Monday night? Yeah. San Francisco owns them. They have for. I mean, yeah. But San, but they, San Francisco they, physically. Yeah, yeah, they did. They and just did. like Miami coming off that that game against yeah. Buffalo. Uh, short week. Uh, I, I I think that uh, I, I think Dallas is going to go in and get this win. All right. All right. Now okay. I guess we're forced to talk about this you know, next game and next team. So I'm assuming um, we're going to talk pit. I, yeah, and I, I, I still don't know what to say about this game. We've had people have come into the shop all week knowing I'm a huge pit guy. And like, what? Let me ask you this: When we started this podcast, yeah. how long many weeks ago? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Thirty-two weeks ago. Did you think thirty-two weeks later you'd be more excited to talk about pit basketball than pit right. football? I know, right? Well, I mean, you wouldn't even well, say the words pit yeah, basketball, basketball. Right? That was the team that shall not be named. Yeah. Let me one up you. Yeah. I'd rather hear Tommy talk about hockey than actually <laughs> dissect this game. That's I how bad this say, was. I thought you were going to say wrestling. No, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I would rather hear. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting. If Pitt keeps playing like this, I can't wait for hockey to start. Well, I don't, you'll news. never hear me say that. Good news, it's it starts. It starts. Yeah. That's it. I mean, this this was a complete shit show on Saturday. I don't even know. Mark, you can lead yeah, us off. I'll lead us. I don't even I mean, know where to go with this. I, but just yeah. for a second, just so that we can yeah. laugh about something. Yeah. So we've been doing this for 32 shows, right? Yeah. So we are already into the second hockey season. We've been doing right. this for 32 That's weeks. Right. We've covered four <laughs> four Steeler games, four pit games, yes, and we're into the, the second, second hockey season already. That gives you an idea. That just shows insane. you hockey never stops. It does. Yeah, it's like a hemorrhoid you can't get rid of. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, so that's a good point. So let's just tease that real quick. We haven't talked Penguins uh, recently. We will definitely devote a good portion of the show next week to the Penguins, and Tommy will give us a season preview, um, and we'll break down the Penguins. They'll have they'll been through their final cuts. We'll see who's on the squad. We can break that down. Um, I don't think any surprises thus far. Nothing worth talking about in terms of roster construction. No, the only thing that's of note that I saw today that I'm keeping my eye on is is that there was a couple people that posted that P.O. Joseph has been removed from the roster online. So I'm wondering if that means that they that they waived him or traded him. No, that trade would be announced. This is I think I have a feeling he's going to get waived tomorrow. Like, see that would be shocking. We'll have to talk about it because then yeah. I'm going to slam Hextall. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. You got to be able to get something back. That's going to be part of the opening, just as a tease. Yeah, the, the, getting rid of Zahorna and, and yeah. guys like that—that's poor roster management for yeah. a team that doesn't have a lot of youth to just give right. start to give youth away. I have a feeling that's you know Elliot Friedman in Canada said mm. that they were offered P.O. Joseph to all 31 teams. And no one of them. Um, and I, apparently, well, it's one of those things where the way for what do you, right, yeah, yeah, you're gonna sell. You know, it's yeah. like you're gonna sell. You, your neighbor walks up to you and goes, "Hey, do you want this chair for 20 bucks?" And I go, "No, nah, I don't want it because right. I know it's gonna be out in the curb <laughs> on Monday. You know, I can just take it for free. That's kind of you know that kind of thing. Fair enough. But uh, so yeah, so that other than that, you know, I don't think it's. You know, I don't think it's going to mean they're not going to win the cup without Zahorna right. and Peter yeah. Joseph. But, but yeah, other than that, uh, not a whole We can still going. keep talking Penguins if we want rather than Pitt. I'm totally good with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, no, I'm not actually I mean, good with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, no, it's, 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 past it's past listen, disappointing. I, I mean, that's the word that keeps – it's disappointing. I want to talk this Pitt is, just so I can rail on our game. And I want you to because God. this is a guy who is widely viewed as being arrogant, just not a nice individual. Um who once again was outcoached by a dude who became the head coach five days prior to the game. Let that sink in. Who This was a team that gave up 600 total yards to Central Florida. And you come out and you lay the typical pit egg. And so the pitting, everything you talk about, it's back. 
Um, the one thing I have been saying this week, and I'm, I'm fully convinced of it now, and no one can convince me otherwise, Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison covered all the warts last year. Right? It was They were still there. Nothing changed except for those two guys. You had the best quarterback in college football and the best wide receiver in college football. And because of them, they were able to win games that in most typical Narduzzi years you would lose. And we're seeing that now. Um, and I hate to go after the players, but I'm going to go after Slovis. Um, anybody that thinks he played a good game, um, I'd like a, a drink or smoke of whatever they're taking um, because he had a horrible game, especially in the first half. He was garbage. Um, and Narduzzi's ride or dying with this guy. Um, it would have been better off in my mind to go to Nate Yarnell. Same thing. Give him a spark. Um, it, there's just so many things we could talk about. Michael, you and I, I mean, we're not going to do two up for this game. There's no two up. No, there's, there's zero. There's no two up. It's 17 down. I mean, you go on and on. It's just – and I go, it's disappointing. I don't even know how to corral my thoughts for this. It's more of the same that we've seen with Narduzzi. Um, a lot of talk, you know, is this the worst loss in the, you know, in Nar- of Narduzzi's tenure? 100% yes. They were 23-point favorites. Georgia Tech stinks. It might be one of the worst losses in the, in the history of pit football. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible. Narduzzi. Yeah. You're at home. This is a slam dunk game. And they come out and in a typical Narduzzi fashion. He doesn't have them ready to play. And they lay an egg. Yeah, we. I mean, everybody was drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, so we, yeah. before the season about the depth, we're starting to see that they don't really have as much depth right. as we thought. We've seen these two wide receivers come in, been non-factors for the most part. Uh, we thought they had depth at running back. Flemister, mm-hmm. non-factor. Davis fumbles. Fumbles. And it, Twice. It, you'll see a lot of Pitt fans, and if you're on Twitter, you'll see Pitt fans say. You know, Slovis threw for 300 yards. He did. If you didn't watch the, the game, game, right? It the stats looked okay. Just like in the first game right. against West Virginia, the stats looked okay. The optics looked okay. But if you if you dive into the game and you actually watched every play, last week was really bad. Other mm-hmm. than the last eight minutes of the game, where Georgia Tech was trying not to lose the game, right. so they were backing off. And then you know, Slovis started padding his stats. The defense. First half, good. Now I don't know if there's like we said, there's some kind of conflict in the in the locker room. So let me talk to that for for a minute. I'm hearing some major whispers um, from several people that they're the, the locker room is not what it's been, uh, and the whole we not me thing, um, which was so prevalent last year, and many people attribute to their success, um, is gone, and it's me not we. Um, I can't. Who knows? You, you know, losing uh, creates a lot of uncertainty. Creates a lot of issues. Um, so I'm sure. I, I guarantee the locker room's fractured. I guarantee there's issues. Um, you know, nobody expected them to be where they are. Three and two. No, I mean, this was a team um, that they themselves they were talking national championship and we're playoff contenders and we're going to be right there. And they just lost to one of the worst football te- FBS teams in America. Yeah, um, and so that's going to cause issues. There's no way around it. I mean, you're not winners. You're losers right now. You are losers. Um, and there are whispers that uh, the locker room is a little off. It's weird. It's just not what it has been. Um, I've heard whispers that Jared Wayne should actually be wearing the C and not Keaton Slovis, and that caused some major reverb in the locker room. 
Uh, and when that kind of stuff happens, I mean, these aren't grown men. These aren't professionals. These are college kids, 18, 19, 20. And when you vote a kid captain and everybody knows that most everybody else voted him captain and he's not the captain and the guy that just walked in from uh, across the country is wearing the C because he's the quarterback. Um, that's not going to, you know, that that's not something a head coach should do. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you're starting to see some major dents in their defense, especially mm-hmm. in second halves, because I think the frustration of the offense not being able to move the ball, whether whether it's Signetti calling plays that are just vanilla, I, I'm not sure. I and and I knowing Joe as long as I have, he's mm-hmm. been in places uh, like Mississippi State where he had an offense mm-hmm. and he realized Fitzgerald couldn't run the plays the he wanted to. Yeah, yeah Nick yeah. Fitzgerald was the quarterback at Mississippi State. He had to throw half the playbook out. I don't know if that's the case with right. Signetti with Slovis. Can he not run the plays that he wants to run? This is why he's running what he's running. But I'm, I'm seeing a lot of frustration on defense. And in the fourth quarter, that defense quit. They quit on that game. And that that's what I get out of it. So, yeah, there's no two up in this game. I mean, you could do four down, but Easily. not two up. Easily. Yeah, I mean. The whole team is down. I mean. And, and, you know, anybody that has or is from Pittsburgh or has Pittsburgh across their chest, myself and a lot of people – are going to want to root for, are going to yeah. want to see successful, or a successful program or team or franchise, whatever. And in the time that Pat Narduzzi has been here, all he has done is make me hate pit football. Um, you know, he is a guy that talks a talk. You know, he's a, just a typical bully. You know, he walks around and boasts his chest out and does all that stuff. But then when somebody gets in his face, he gets real quiet. Last week, he's walking around pounding his chest and mm-hmm. how disrespectful it is that we're only 24 in the country. And then what did you do? You mm-hmm. walked out, Georgia Tech showed up, and ran your ass right out of the mm-hmm. stadium. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know and why. And that's his defense. Georgia Tech beat his defense. I don't that's, know why. I mean, once again. I just don't know why we're surprised at this point. I mean, he's a six, seven, eight win coach. Yeah. You know, he's going to win three or four lollipop games. He'll win a couple conference games, but he's going to lose two or three games that he shouldn't every year. I mean, he's an eight and four coach. He's a seven and five coach. That's all he is, and that's all he's ever going to be. And the reason that he had success last year is because Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison were on his team. Yep. And. It's a shame because Kenny Pickett made me last year like pit football, mm-hmm. made me watch it and root hard for them. And this year, it, you know, Michael and I were watching the game together Saturday night, and I, I was actively rooting against. Yeah, I was. Pitt too. I was because and I don't. Sad. Yeah, because I don't want to see. I, I just Narduzzi has done that to me in the program, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine what he's done to some of the boosters and some of the people who write the checks to help that football program. I, he's just not a guy that you can root for, and it's a shame because. It's not the players' fault. I want to root for the players, and I want to see them have success. But, man, this guy is just – he's all talk. Yeah. He's all talk. No, no question. And he reminds me of – I'm not picking – the, the stereotypical jock in school, to your point, that bullied everybody, that was a total idiot. Um, that's who he reminds me of. That's who he is. He hasn't grown up. I mean, he's the same guy. Um, we all have that vision in our heads of who that guy is. Well, just look on the sidelines on Saturday for Pitt. There he is. Um, and, you know, and, and we just got at the beginning of the show, we were talking about Joe, right? Joe is an offensive genius. He's a game player. He's a schemer. He will play chess. Well, Narduzzi doesn't know how to play chess. Narduzzi's a checkers guy. Um, and he'll, I stay true to my defense. I'm like, because he can't. He, he doesn't have the brain power to adjust. 
and to, to scheme out certain things. Um, he just doesn't. And so I agree. I mean, I, you know, look, I'll defend this, but I love Pitt more than anybody. Um, but it's more of the same. Last year was an aberration. And then I got into a, you know, a Twitter war with somebody. I, need, I should know better. Oh, well, they've made two ACC championships with Nordu. We never do any better. Stop with two. The first one was a joke, right? That team finished 500. They weren't a good football team. They got trounced by Clemson as it should. The Coastal absolutely sucked that year. They won the Coastal by default. He won last year because of what we taught Kenny and Jordan. That's it. Those guys float. And there should be more criticism, Narduzzi, for what Addison did. Everybody's saying it's money, money, money. Let's dig into that a little bit. I heard that's not the case. I heard it's Signetti's offense, and Jordan sort of knew what was going to happen this year. So he flew the coop. Uh, I mean, right? if you look at the offense. So Narduzzi should be held accountable for that. If you look at the offense and you consider yourself to be a first-round talent in the NFL, is this the offense you want right. to showcase your abilities in? And that goes for not just what Addison did leaving – that's what the next guy coming in, yeah. because you know they're going to need a boatload of transfers and recruits mm-hmm. next year. Because I mean, I, I swear to God, everybody on his team is a six-year senior. Yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be eight players left next year. Yeah. And if you're on the outside looking in as a in, in the transfer portal, like everybody seems to do every year, you want to come be a part of this offense. Right. I and mean, what's this offense going to do for me? And it's just it's brutal. It's yeah. absolutely brutal. And. Shame on Heather Like and whoever let Heather Like assign him to a contract extension because he was seven and five for six years or whatever he was. He had Kenny Pickett for one year. I'm going to go with the first six or seven years as being the, the true barometer. That was and the not outlier. the fact. Yeah, that was that, the outlier. And, and, and the guy had four more years left. There was right. absolutely no reason to do that. And even so, seven year contracts or whatever he's got left. Hey, we've seen how many coaches, I think I saw there's been five power five coaches and those five schools have paid out over $60 million in buyouts. Yeah, I don't know what the buyout is for this guy, but I'd start looking at the fine print already because if you want to survive this, I, I think it's start time to seriously. This season, it's spiral out of control. I, I, I was I mean, looking at it today. I mean, I, just like there's we no took, gimme. Just like we were talking about uh, Pitt or Steelers, yeah. give me Virginia Tech in the points this week. Yeah, because what is it, 20 still? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll all take that all, all day long. Absolutely. No, we're five games into a season now, and, right. and this offense is what it is. It is yeah. I don't think it's going to get uh-uh. markedly better at any point during this season. No. This and I the think way- the defense is what it is, too. Yeah, I think it is. I, it just, I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, come it's, on. I mean, there's five games. We, 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 it's yeah, on tape. almost halfway It's on tape. Season. It's yeah. all there. I mean, yeah. and, and to, I think, expect anything different at this point – is fool's gold. They are who they are. And, you know, you have Virginia Tech coming in this week. That should be a win. Should it should be. be. I mean, they, they got trounced last week. Yeah, but oh, uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Pounded them. Okay, so, all right. So, let's just talk through it real quick, and then we'll move on. But, all right, let's say they win that game. Okay? They, they, they beat Virginia Tech. So, what's that make them? Four and two, right? Then they – then here we go. Then they go on the road to Louisville. That's a loss. Malik Cunningham's going to torch them. If they couldn't handle Jeff Sims in Georgia Tech – Malik Cunningham is going to destroy them. He may run for 200 yards against them. That's a loss in my mind. North Carolina is a loss. That quarterback is going to throw all over the field on them. All right, so that makes them 4-4 four and four at that point, right? Well, the season's over. Yeah, and then Syracuse is here. That's not a gimme. No, that's not a gimme. Dino Baker said not, not anymore. No, Syracuse I mean, that's a toss-up, right? Um, who am I for? And then Duke. Duke's played well. This, I mean, they've been up and down, but that's, that's not – that's down there – um, in Durham, that's not a gimme. 
And then, of course, Miami, which you, you know they're going to lose that game in Miami. There's, yeah, I mean, I, mean, just I, I, that I said up. at the beginning of the season before he was started, I said and three. three. He said yeah. nine and two. You said, what, ten and one? Uh, yeah, I, and yeah, one. yeah. Um, I, you know, now I'm thinking more like eight and four or seven yeah. and four. I think they'd sign up for eight and four right now. I, yeah. I think they would. So, I, I just – I haven't seen any improvement on the offensive side of the ball, and the defense has been – more than disappointing to me so far. So we'll see where, where it takes us yep. from here, but it can only go up. Right. But I mean, we've talked about this and you know, I don't like to, I don't like to knock college players. I don't like to talk bad about them. Right. I, I, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're college. For the most part, these are kids that are going to be getting on with their lives. Right. But I will say this. We talked about leadership before. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have a head coach who to me is not a leader, he is not somebody that, you know, is guys are going to, I've heard you say that players seem to like him and stuff like that. Um, because he's got that, you know, that football, right. you know, bang on your chest, cockiness attitude. Well, to me, he's not a leader that I don't think can lead a program. Uh, Kenny was last year. And I think that maybe there wasn't enough put into this is a team that had Kenny in the locker room, had Kenny in the huddle, and, and, and had, and, and had a guy like that that is going to be people, what people are going to gravitate mm-hmm. to. And to go from him down to Slovis. Who I don't know personally, but I can only watch what I see on the field. Mm-hmm. No emotion, none. No leadership. Nothing there. No, you know, grabbing guys by the collar and saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, let's go." You know, having that blank head deer in a headlight stare. Having that from having a guy like that in the huddle to a guy like this, and, and how many guys? I mean, everybody in that huddle is damn right. near returning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big. I think that's a bigger deal. When you've got rudderless at the top, yep. you need leadership on the field. And I think this team is just void of leadership, yep. especially on the offensive side of the Well, and I think the other big thing, we're seeing the game evolve, right? You have coaches like Joe at the at the helm, offensive geniuses, offensive juggernauts, you know, guys that yep. understand the offensive. That when we grew up, it was all about the defensive side of the ball, right? It was a totally different game. And defensive coordinators would get promoted to the head coaching job. And very rarely was it an offensive coordinator. We all remember that, right? I think the college and program have evolved so much. Narduzzi is just a defensive game. game. I mean, it's just—it's—it's it's not. I don't think it's just that. I—I—I I, I think I don't think you can just put it in one compartment and say, "Well, defensive coaches can't be head coaches." I'm not so, saying that. I'm just saying Narduzzi is so negligent on the offensive side of the I, ball. I, he, he, he and if he that. doesn't hire a good offensive coordinator, he's done. X's and O's are one thing, but he—he's not a high character human being. And that makes a big difference. A kid can tell if you're bullshitting right. him or not. And he just doesn't seem to be a leader. Used car salesman. That's what he yeah. is. We've said that He's before. like Kurt Russell yeah. from Used Cars, <laughs> you know, without the clothes uh, from the 70s. But he just he – well, He may have those at home. Who knows? He might. I, I just There's something about him that doesn't scream leader to me. And to give him that extension on top of that, it, 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 it's foolish for them to do that. But it, they did it and – they're gonna they're gonna regret they're it. Gonna they're gonna have to try to w- uh, wiggle their way right. out of this at some point because I don't think it's gonna get any better. And I, like Tommy said, next year this team could be really bad. Yeah, I mean this team could be really bad. So we'll we'll see where it goes from here. I mean Virginia Tech Saturday, and from there I mean then it gets knows? interesting. It yeah, it's really interesting. All right, enough of that. Whew, that was tough getting through. Um, Factor fiction time. We've talked a lot about Kenny today, and rightfully so. And we have two fact or fiction questions about Kenny. First one, fact or fiction. Kenny will finish with more touchdowns than interceptions this year. I'm going to say fact on that. Um, The way the game's played, um, 
I think he's going to make some mistakes as the year goes along. Um, but I think Saturday, I think Saturday was or last Sunday's game was a little bit of an outlier. Um, I think with preparation, the more he gets his feet wet mm-hmm. throughout the course of the year, um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a real good year. I think when you look at it all said and done, I think this is gonna be turn out to be about as good as it could for him. So I'm gonna say fact to that. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say oof, that's tough. Uh, it's it's gonna be close. I, rookie quarterbacks typically don't play well, even the best of them. I'll say fiction, and it's going to be close. It's not going to be some ludicrous thing where he throws 12 touchdowns and 23 interceptions. Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to be a brown 50-50, but I think we're going to push the envelope a little towards the the the, the interceptions being a little bit higher than the touchdowns. Oh, shit, I forgot. I'm already yeah. a 0-3 on that. He has three interceptions and no touchdowns already. Well, moving forward. That's okay. no fair. Right. I mean, we I'll can't – that. yeah, All throw right. that away. That's, that's he came in at halftime. You, you just throw that one away. All right. I'm saying that. moving forward, starting now as the number one quarterback. It's going to be the close. preparation – and what now? I'm going to say that's a fact. I'm going to say he's going to finish with 15 or 16 touchdowns, uh, eight or nine, ten interceptions somewhere in there. So I'm going to say fact. He'll throw more touchdowns than picks. Uh, another uh, factor fiction. We talked about this. It was a great conversation we had on the podcast about a month ago about the, the ranking of Steeler quarterbacks all time. Right? Kenny will finish as the third best quarterback in Steelers history behind Terry and Ben or Ben or Terry, however you want to put them. Well, that better be fact because they drafted him in the first round. I mean, you know, you didn't draft right. him to be Bobby Brister, right? You know, or Mark Malone. I mean, this. No, I, I think that's fact, and and it's not a knock on Kenny. I mean, the Steelers really haven't had. I mean, right. he could wind up being, you know, I mean, behind he might pass one of those guys. You don't know. I mean, now starting his career right. later. That's the, the he's stats not have might not be there, but yeah, I think that's fact. I think he'll he'll finish as the Steelers' third best quarterback of all time. Let's hope it's not Cordell Stewart still by the time right. the end of his career. Well, the only thing I will say is, what are we basing it on? Are we basing it on just pure stats? We, I mean, Cordell got the two AFC championships. Right. Neil Donald got the two AFC championships. Well, I think that's I think part of it. Yeah, I, think yeah. I think that's part of it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. My expectation for Kenny is absolutely that he should get uh, uh, to, to number three. Um, but, I mean, Kenny is – if Kenny – Let's put it this way. If Kenny's going to put his mark on this franchise, it really has to be in the next four years. Because Patience in the NFL. Yeah. Because the way the NFL works is for them, for you to truly maximize a, a franchise quarterback, you got to get it early because yeah. that's when he's not making any money. Yeah. When he starts making money, that's where it gets harder to fill the team. That's part of the mm-hmm. reason why these last few years with Ben uh, have been tough because the quarterback, star quarterbacks make a lot of money. Um so if he's going to put some damage, it's going to be in the next four years, I think, or you know, including four, this year, yeah. four more. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the AFC the way it is, and stacked, and even the young guys in this division, it's going to be tough. But uh, but yeah, I think he'll get to three. Yeah, I agree. I, I, that's fact. I, I think he'll he'll settle in. I think he'll make it to at least two AFC championship games. Um, then I hesitate a little bit because now I'm going to go back to my rant. <laughs> DMR is not running this team anymore. Right when Cordell made two, when Neil O'Donnell made two, there was one guy at the top, and he was the the common thread. Um, and in the rant, listen, I'll, I'll, if Art turns the team over to his son, who I have high expectations for, this is a kid who's come up through the ranks, just like his grandfather did. He's a guy who played the game. He wasn't an attorney his whole life. He's been in football. I have high expectations for this kid. And if Art turns it over to him sooner rather than later, there's some hope. Is it, it Art the third? Is that what his name is? The one that's the, 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 the one that's in line. 
No, it's Dan. Dan. It's another Dan. It's another Dan. His son is okay. Dan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, and I'm hoping Dan takes of, over soon. Yeah. Dan's an artist. Yeah. Jim's in that family. There, there's a ton. And yeah, I'm harsh on and art, art for a reason. He has no clue what the hell he's doing. Um, and so, if we're looking at all that, and, and art is the owner for most of Kenny's tenure here, I'm going to say fiction because I don't think they're going to do what they need to do um, to get there. And it won't maybe it won't be Kenny's fault. Um, but if art resigns here in the next couple of years and Dan takes over, I may be singing a different tune. All right, Pirates. We gotta, have, you know, we gotta talk a little pirates. Season ended today. Did they win? They're up five three in the ninth. Five three in the ninth. So hopefully they end the season on a good note. Fact or fiction? Pirates will lose a hundred games next year. Well, sure as hell better be fiction. <laughs> um, I, I think that you know we've talked about this. Um, I, I think you're starting to see it turn the corner a little bit. But the most important thing is, the, I think the lineup still has some question marks. But I think you're starting to see some starting pitching. Yep start to assemble. Um, I'm not sure they have a complete, in fact, I know they don't have a complete rotation yet, but you're starting to see that. And um, I'm also interested to see what baseball is going to become next year. I think baseball next year with the changes um, are gonna be more speed and athletic ability, um, especially at at certain key positions. And I think the Pirates are lined up to be, to do well in that. Um, So they're certainly not gonna be pushing for a playoff contention next year. But um, I, I definitely don't think they're going to be losing 100 games again. No, I, I think that's fiction. They're not going to lose 100 games. I, nobody watches more Pirate games mm-hmm. than I do. I mean, I, I, that's the team I love in this city, right. and other than the basketball team, you know, right. down in Oakland. Yeah. But I, this team is headed in the right direction. Uh, you're starting to see the game slow down for some of these younger players. Now, unfortunately, the season's ending. Right. Cruz looks like a completely different hitter than he did six Agreed. weeks ago. Agreed, yep. He's legit. Um, he's starting to lay off pitches. Uh, the guy can steal bases. Uh, yeah, the defense is a little shoddy. Um, we're starting to see Jack Zawinski starting to mm-hmm. slow down a little bit and figure out what's going on. Uh, I, Tommy mentioned the pitching staff, and I, I think they're a lot closer to five starters than they were coming into this year. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they had some holes. Well, they had no starters to start the year. So, <laughs> I mean, it really – Well, yeah, they, they, they used openers. To, so, right. you're going to have a full off season of training with a lot of these guys. we got a lot of our young mm-hmm. guys in the uh, Arizona Fall League. Uh, I think this team – why can't this team be like Baltimore? Now, Baltimore didn't make the playoffs, but I, right. I don't see why this team can't win 82 games, 80, right. 80 82 Ooh. games. That's it, yeah. I, I, I mean – I. <laughs> Look, Baltimore, if you looked at their roster before the season, everybody said they're going to lose over 100 games. They're going to get the first pick. Well, they didn't. They started bringing their young guys up. Adley Rushman, Mm -hmm. uh, Gunnar Henderson, uh, you know, I mean, D.L. Hall. uh, And and they incorporated some of their older guys like Cedric Mullins. He's more like Mm -hmm. a a Brian Reynolds type guy. I don't see why this team can't win 80 games next year. Like I said, I, I, I believe they can if they keep developing. Now, with this coaching staff, I don't know. Right, uh, but that's a whole different subject. And before right. you give us your fact or fiction on the the hundred losses, next week we'll do a season end. So we'll do a season preview for the Penguins and a season recap for the Pirates next week. Yeah. So a little less football next week. Just a heads up. And we'll still cover it. Don't get me wrong. Yes. We'll still have our thoughts, but we're gonna whittle that down a little bit so we can get some and then Penguin can, and Pirate talking. We can we can take a little vacation from, from the base, Pirates right. until. And it's I think it'll be the one time all year where we talk. Pit football, Steeler football, Pirate baseball, and Penguin hockey. hockey right, really. The only that'll be the only episode. Yeah, yeah. Really well, good. next two because we'll do 
a season recap for the pitchers and a season recap for the position players. Yeah, we'll, we'll split it we'll into break two it up weeks. So it's yeah, not so it's long. Not, not long. Yeah. Go ahead. Give us your. So you think they will lose? No, them. no fiction. They're not going to lose hundred games next year. Uh, I, I mean, it's I hard agree. to do. Yeah, it's hard to do. Well, first it's really not hundred. Yeah. There's five teams this year that did it. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, um, it, in theory, it is. Cincinnati lost today. They they became the fifth. Uh, yeah, they were at ninety nine. They were at ninety nine. Anyway, I mean, there's a, that's pathetic. But um, I don't. I, I think I agree with both of you. There's some pieces in place. Um, I think uh, if you know this is a team, they'll probably lose ninety games next year, and that's okay. I want to that's I want to see that progress. I don't expect a major jump. I'm not going to go as far as Michael, but if we see a ten game improvement next year, okay. Yeah, the Reds then, lost their hundred. There you go. So that, that's five. Yeah, um, and then in 2024, that's the year you want them to take the big jump. Uh, these guys have been in the league. You know, several years at that point, you would think they have what they need. And so that next year, like just a bit, let me see progress in 90 losses instead of 100. Um, and then, you know, the year after, I think, will be the big one. All right, let's close it out for this week. Who's, who's starting us off here? I'll start it. Uh, Mark knows. I talked to him earlier today. I'm, I'm obviously a stat geek. Mm-hmm. I mean, I dive into stats all over. It doesn't matter football, basketball, baseball. Now, I'm not an analytics guy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm what I see with my eyes. And Tommy talked about the game of baseball changing, getting faster yeah. with the, the pitch clock and no shifts. Well, I did I did a stat dive this morning, and there's 12 players in Major League Baseball this year that are hitting 300 or above that qualify for the batting right. title. Not, not in the National League, right. and the, right. that's all of Major League Baseball. 12 guys hitting 300. So where do you learn this at? You learn how to hit at a younger age. Mm -hmm. What are these coaches teaching? Launch angle. Mm -hmm. We're not teaching guys how to hit the ball the other way. Make contact. Right. Make contact. There's a major league team this year. I can't even think of the team. Has zero sacrifice bunts this year. Zero. It's a team. An an entire entire team. team Didn't have one sacrifice bunt all year. Jimmy Leland would be freaking out. I mean, Not only are there only 12 hitters hitting 300 that qualify for the batting title. There's 149 Major League Baseball players this year that struck out over 100 times. Now, that's a lot. Of those 149, 36 of them didn't even qualify for the batting title. So you're talking about guys that struck out over 100 times with less than 400 plate appearances. I don't I don't know if we're going to see the game change the way we grew up watching the game, and that's sad to me. Yep. And I, I, I'm hoping it changes at some point. I'm hoping we get more guys like – the, the leadoff hitter for Cleveland, uh, Stephen Kwan. Yeah. Uh, the kid that's with the Pirates now, Jim Wee Bai. Everybody's like, here's what I, I see on Twitter. Yeah, he's a cute player, but he doesn't hit for power. you got to get on base. <laughs> that's the name of the game is getting on base. If you put the ball in play, there's always a chance yeah. you're going to get on base. If you don't put it in play, there's zero chance. Yeah. So I'm hoping things change. I hope some of these younger coaches start teaching the game the way mm-hmm. the game's supposed to be played. The launch angle thing, can we stop with that with all the analytics and the and and with the exit velocity? Amen. I don't need to how know how hard yeah. a ball was hit. I if a ball see, was right. shit pummeled, I know it was hit really fucking hard. I don't right. need to tell you to tell me it was hit 122 miles an hour. So stop with the stat geeks and start teaching the game the way right. it used to be played. And to follow up on I your point, it. I'll tell you one person that wants Jin Wee Jin Wan Bay to bat, and that's O'Neill Cruz, right in front of him. Yep. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you put somebody like that on, A is going to be on base all the time. And he keeps and that hole open on the right side. He keeps that hole open and he messes with pitchers because yep. he's over there and he's yep. as fast as 
Yeah, you know, uh, unbelievable speed this he really guy has. He scored on a wild pitch last night that got away six feet from the catcher yeah. because he knew the pitcher was could beat him the home yeah. plate. And it wasn't even close. No. I mean, it, you know, so. But, uh, well, I, I teased it before, and I'll say it, and I know you two are going to roll your eyes, but I feel bad for Mitch Trubisky. I do, and I'll tell you why. I was trying not to roll my eyes. And I <laughs> right. <did it> <laughs> Can't uh, help it. You know, you know me. I'm a big hearted guy. Yeah. You know, I let my feelings oh, out yeah. a lot. You know, yeah. I'm very, I'm very emotional. Very emotional yeah, guy. So yeah. I'm very, uh, I'm a, I'm right a people, on your sleeve, right there. People person, yeah. is what yeah. most people say right. about me. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, if Mitch everybody is, could see the look that Michael's is, giving Tommy right Mitch now, Mitch is one of those guys. That, you know, I, the guy. Listen, the guy was a was a was a was the second pick of. <laughs> I can't do this now because Michael's stuck at me. The way Michael. No, go ahead, please continue. Uh, go ahead. No, he was the second pick overall. He probably shouldn't have been. You know, he had the unfortunate. Not his fault. Like not you his said fault. Before, not he his got fault. second, and was it Deshaun Watson and Patrick? Right, yeah, that. right. So you know, he got he started off on the wrong foot in Chicago. He kind, of, you know, this was his chance this offseason to sort of rehabilitate his career. He had a chance to play for the Steelers or the Giants, dude, his old his right. old coach. He's picked the Steelers for a chance to come here and uh, rehab his career. And little did he know that the prom king was going to get, you know, the homecoming king, the, the captain of the football yep. team, Captain America, or more importantly, Captain of Pittsburgh, was going to get drafted <laughs> a month and a half after he signed. And once that happened, I mean – this guy just never had a chance, you know, mm-hmm. and you could, I think you could tell it in the way he played. I think he played scared, which is his fault. Nobody else's, but man, it is hard to look forward when you're always looking over your shoulder. And the day the picket got drafted, he's been looking over his shoulder ever since. Um, and you know, it's, it's nobody's fault. I don't feel bad for the guy cause he's making $4 million, but I just think for the people out there that are having a good time ripping Trubisky and and you know happy for there's nothing wrong with being happy for Kenny, but uh, I just you know I think Trubisky got a short got the short stick here and uh, so I I think his NFL career is probably damaged by what happened this year. Yeah, it's on life support. I think at best he's going to be a backup going forward. But I I honestly I hope he gets a chance because. You know, he dove into the community. He was involved in charities. Mm-hmm. He still is involved in charities. He seemed like an overall good guy. And uh, hopefully he gets another chance in another city. Who are you? <laughs> the same person I've We're both looking at Tommy like, The what? same person I've always been. Really? I felt loving. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Mark, uh, I'm going to play this for your mom. I'm going to play this for your mom. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've already given my rant. I, I'm not, I, my blood pressure's come back down. Um Bottom line is Art Rooney the second needs to go away. His son needs to take over, and hopefully this team will be moving in a completely different direction because he's just he, – uh, anyway. Well, that'll wrap it up for Episode 32, another week in the books. We've already teased next week. Make sure you tune in next week. Um, a lot of great stuff. We'll recap Steelers and Pitt, of course. But, yeah, we're going to give the season preview for the Penguins. Tommy's going to – Weigh in with that. You're going to want to listen there for sure. I'm sure he's going to have some interesting tidbits you only hear here. And then Michael's going to do what he does best. He's going to recap the Pirates for you. So that's all next week on episode 33. But for now, everybody, have a great week. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Take care.